This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No, no, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. (laughs) Anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> it's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back. And better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together... We're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. All righty. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is the Ringer Gambling Show. Joe House. Palmer. Yes, truly, John Jastrzemski. We're getting you ready for game six of the NBA Finals. We'll have some U.S. Open stuff coming up in a little bit. Guys, you know, I missed the, uh, the start time at 11.15. Am I, like, donating a five or a ten in the kangaroo court? Is that how this is going? No, we're all used to the JJ5 at this point. What are you talking about? Wow, you sound like my fiancé. I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> this is This is when you know... That you are getting on a very close level with yours truly, where I'm already getting a nickname for the JJ5 as far as appearance time. Hey, well, look, this is the problem, JJ. You and I are on the same wavelength, and that wavelength costs us some money uh, on Monday, uh, Yeah, uh, I was going to say, buddy. that should be the bigger fine in Kangaroo Court, and I want to commend our pal Raheem Palmer. He, I he tried. you on the under. He you tried. You did your part. You put the time in. You got the result we desired and craved. House. If you would have told me before the game five pod, we would get that game out of Stephen Curry, I would have said the Celtics are winning this game by double digits. I would have proclaimed it. I would have dropped the mic with confidence to get that game out of Curry and still lose the way that they did. That is a very troubling sign. Well, this is the thing that RP was trying to sell us on. Raheem told us his he, he lost his confidence in, in the Celtics. And I think, you know, the, the area that has been most concerning, the thing that they just don't seem able to solve is the turnovers. If they keep turning the ball over at the rate they turn it over, they cannot win these basketball games. And the combination of those turnovers plus what 
whatever is happening between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in terms of second half and really fourth quarter offensive performance. It feels like I'm watching offense from November or December, not championship level finals offense. Now, if I'm going to be a glass half full kind of fellow about it, I'll say kudos to Golden State for having put those guys in an uncomfortable position, having them second guessing, having their confidence clearly shaken. But Raheem, you you advise JJ and I to not lean into a, a side on on Monday night, and you know you were right about that because you know the the variance that we saw was Steph Curry having his his one bad game, but Boston um, matched that 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 crap with their own crap, and it, you know trying to get into a side and having a perspective on it was ch- a challenge. Yeah, I think the biggest thing. I mean, look, a lot of people came into that game saying. The Celtics, they 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 quoted the the Celtics trend about being seven and zero outright. I after quoted this. My own side yeah, was one of those but, people. But I think people overweighed that, and it, I mean, a lot of people did it. So it just like, and look, the one thing that we've seen throughout these this postseason is that the Golden State Warriors have been a juggernaut at home. Outside of their game game one loss against the Boston Celtics, they've been undefeated at home. They're now eleven and one at home. And they've just been dominant. So I didn't want to, I didn't expect the Celtics to win that game, to be honest with you. And I just, I decided to totally stay away from it. But I think the thing that we're seeing is that the Celtics continue to turn the ball over. I mean, you had 18 turnovers in game five and they allowed the Warriors to score 22 points. Here's a, a stat that I found like totally intriguing. The Celtics have given up 103 points of turnovers in this series. That's the most by any team through the first five games of the NBA Finals since the 92 Bulls. So it's just it, it's just tough to win games that way. And we've all seen the trends. Celtics are 1-7 and when they have 16 or more turnovers. And they hit that. But for me, I, I just think, I said this after game four, that I felt like you could start playing unders for the rest of the series. And you, you're seeing it. I mean, these are not fast-paced games. You got 93 possessions of game one, 98 possessions of game two, 92 possessions of game three, 95 possessions of game four, 96 in game five. And when you look at these games, it's pretty much determined on turnovers and who's scoring in the paint. One of the stats that I found intriguing is that the team who has scored more points in the paint is 5-0 and in this series. Um, when you look at the Celtics team, they don't have a real deep lineup. I mean, they're playing eight guys pretty much. And right now, Derek Derek White and Grant Williams, they're not scoring efficiently. So I think this is going to continue to be an under series. I like the under for game four and five. I'm going to go back to the well on that again. I mean, one of the things that you're seeing is that both teams are struggling to score. Like in game five, the Celtics only score 80 points per one of the possessions in the half court. The Warriors put up 95 points for one possessions in the half court. So in the half court, when these teams aren't getting out in transition, they're struggling to score. And I think the most troubling thing about the Celtics offense right now is that they only score 80 points for one possessions in the half court. And that's that's in a game where they, they hit eight consecutive threes and scored 35 points in the third quarter. So the Celtics defense is actually doing its job but it's the offense which is losing them this series. So I think that's that offense will improve. 
as they go back home. But I think both teams, their half-court offense is problematic. And that's even with Steph Curry, you know, being dominant in game four. When you look at game four, the Warriors only score 83 points per moment possessions in the half-court. So we're seeing this be a series that's really decided off turnovers, points in the paint, and who's going to make the most mistakes. Well, I'm glad that we have an under that is established because it went well for us in game five. Uh, I'll give that total momentarily. I think I saw it there. They're gonna adjust. They're gonna adjust these a little bit. I'm seeing it two ten right now, Raheem. Do you feel? Yeah, good? actually, one of the things I did. I mean, like I knew that that total was gonna come down a bit, so I actually gave it out on my Twitter right after the game. I nice. Said, you want to lock it in immediately? Good move. Yeah, I said. I said take the two eleven. Take the under two eleven. It's down to two ten. I still like it at two ten, just because you're seeing these half court offenses struggle so much. Now I wouldn't play it any lower than that, but I think at two ten, look. One of the things I like to do is I like to play game six under. When you look at game six, you blindly play every under in game six for every playoff series since 2003, you'd be 85 and 64. That's 57%. And I never want to be the guy who's going to blindly play these trends. But I think the one thing that we're seeing is this, this series is starting to slow down offensively. You saw that fourth quarter. Both teams were absolutely gassed. And I know that there's a couple of days off, but... When you look at how these teams are performing in a half court, I can't trust this to be an offensive series. So I'm going to continue to play these unders. I played it in game four. I played it in game five. I'm coming at back in game six. And then if there's a game seven, we could talk about that later. But game sevens typically are ugly games, which tend to go under. So we'll see what that number is if we get there. But I'm playing under it again in game six. Raheem, I mean, that that is the, the the play here, and it's the familiarity. We talked about this going into game five, um, that that the defenses by now know the sets that the guys are going to run. The, the real variance comes in how efficient these guys are going to be shooting, and I am just concerned. Uh, so I don't know how else to put it with Jason Tatum. Either it's energy or it's injury. Um, I guess it could be both. But the number of air balls or balls that graze the front of the rim that we saw in game five, shots that were contested shots, shots that were not in the rhythm or flow of the offense. And I thought I was going to be a genius and break out the points in the paint stat. That's one of my favorite stats. I've been quietly sort of tracking that. Of course, you're all over it. But that that's the thing. It was 50 to like 32 or 36 in, in, in game five. And what it really is telling us is Boston with its perimeter focused uh, offense? They're they're not getting any kind of efficiency with drive to the basket. They're not getting. Jalen Brown was bad in Game Five. It looked like he was forcing stuff. It looked like they there was help uh, on on him. Um, you know, he was going into two guys a lot of different uh, occasions, and so I just don't know um, what version of that Celtics offense. Of course, at home, they're going to be buoyed by the crowd. The other guys, you know, everybody, we, everybody's got their others. Derek White uh, plays better at home. Marcus Smart, for sure, plays better at home. I mean, Marcus Smart, uh, you know, was was alternately disengaged or getting in trouble with the refs in, in, in game five. Well, the entire team, I'm glad that you brought that up because you know what? Smart, Tatum, and Brown were doing nonstop bellyaching the entire game. And it's like enough already. Hey, guess what? You're not getting the calls. You got to move past it. This idea that you're going to bellyache for four quarters and think all of a sudden something is going to drastically change, that 1,000% house had a negative impact on the Celtics. Because I felt 
in the second quarter of this game, I'm like, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, enough, guys. Enough. Yeah. Enough. Yeah, I mean, look, there, there was a flop in the fourth quarter where, I mean, Marcus Smart is defending Klay Thompson. He tries to fall, and he allows Klay Thompson to get a wide-open three, and that pretty much iced the game from there. So I, I do think the Celtics have to be more disciplined, but it really it comes down to the offense. I think one of the most intriguing things about this series is that Golden State really isn't winning with their offense. They're winning with their defense. And three of their wins in, in, this, in this series, game two, they scored 107 points. Their game four win, they scored 107 points. And game five, they won and scored just 104 points. So if the Celtics can get their offense going, they have a real chance to win this series. So, I mean, I have a question for you guys. Do you guys like the Celtics in, in game six? I know you guys have been riding the whole time. Right now, we're looking at an adjusted series price of Golden State minus 400, Celtics plus 310. Personally, like, Right after game five, they opened this thing at, I think it was Celtics plus 330. I thought there was a little value on it there, but that number has since come down. What are your thoughts on game six as far as the side? And do you find any value on the Celtics to come back and, and, and potentially win this series? I think this is this is an angle that I, I tend to play play a lot. I mean, those, those are people who have been following me on Twitter. They've seen me do it. You know, last year, Milwaukee Bucks, Played the Brooklyn down, Nets. What two to nothing? Hopped on. They were down. No, no, no. They were down three to two. Um, oh, and you got actually, him in game six, and then of course Paul I got Hockey yeah right before game, game six. Okay, yeah, and I actually I was at court side. I, I had a pretty big bet. I had about twenty five thousand on it, Ooh. and they came. Yeah, like I mean, I, I took the Justice Series price for about you know what was it thirteen thirteen thousand, and then I came back in game seven and added more on the bucks. So that was big. I was like sitting right behind Travis Scott. And, Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, you've been, anyway, you been in with that kind of wager, Raheem. That'll yeah, play. so <laughs> I, I tend I tend to like to play, in, like, instead of playing the side for game six, I tend to like to play to adjust the series price to get that bigger number. I do think that, I mean, it's fairly priced now, but I would love to hear your thoughts on that. All right, so I've been on the Celtics in every game in this series. I mm-hmm. do like their chances in game six. I do think they're going to respond in game six, but... This is where I got to sway away from a potential double down on Boston. I don't love the idea of that team winning yet another game seven. They won a game seven against Milwaukee in their home building. They won a game seven against the depleted Miami team, a game they almost flushed right down the toilet. House, my feeling on this series now moving forward. I think the Celtics are very live in game six. I think they're going to give you a spirited effort. I do not think that they are cooked necessarily. The Celtics winning a game seven against Steph Curry and against the Warrior team that Raheem mentioned has been money at home aside from the game one loss in this postseason. That's my issue. And I've talked about this quite a bit. I said, if the Celtics are going to win this series, I felt they had to win it in five or six. I am not going to like the Celtics' chances if indeed we get to a game seven. And and, and here we are. And Raheem gave out on uh, the pod that we did in advance of Monday's game, the very fair price of, I think it was minus 115 to bet on will there be a game seven, wasn't that? It was something around even yes. money, right? Right, RP? Yeah. Right. So very fair price, smart uh, bet at that juncture. I s- continue to subscribe to the idea that this is indeed going to be a seven-game series. And I'm, you know, maybe, I don't know, RP, tell me, is this square? I'm with JJ. I think the Celtics are going to win. I'm going to play the adjusted line because, once again, 
we, we haven't had a single game between these two teams finish inside of 10 points. Once again, the victor, the Golden State, won by 10. You know, you're playing adjusted line at eight and a half or nine. And that was uh, a sweat if you had the adjusted line, by the way, in game five for the Warriors. Just throwing <laughs> that out there. That yeah. was a sweat and a half. But but somehow or another, it keeps on coming through. So maybe you, you don't play it because of the regression. But look, if this game is close, then I think Boston's cooked. I mean, I yeah, the, the, the problem with Boston is I don't know what their uh, game plan is, what their resources are um, in, in, a, in a close game. We, they, 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 we talked about the clutch minutes and their clutch performance um, on, on the show on Monday. And, you know, they, they just... They had the opportunity. They played a wonderful third quarter. It seemed like it took everything out of them. They started off the fourth quarter. I think they were one for eight on their first eight shots in the fourth quarter. And the game was over midway through the fourth quarter. That's game five. This game six, I think we'll get that shooting variance that all of the um, role players on the Celtics, you know, they feel comfortable at home. We'll get Horford around double digits in points. I think Marcus Smart will be 16 to 20 points. Derek White will be 10 to 12 points. And I think they'll 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 win this game, and they might win it by ten or so. I can't come up with a scenario other than injury, where Golden State loses at home in Game Seven. And I'm just, I'm just you know uh, I'm I'm going to bet accordingly, uh, based on that script. I mean, you you guys all know the stats. I mean, there have been 145 Game Sevens in the NBA playoffs. The home team has won 110 of them, so that's 75 percent of the time. But I think when you look at these two teams and how this series is playing out, this is the, a defensive-minded series. Now, you, House, you mentioned all the clutch stats from the from the Celtics. I mean, they're really struggling in these clutch games. A seven and five net rating, minus fourteen point two. Warriors six and three, twenty-one point four positive net rating. So, like you said, House, if Game Six is a close game, I think the Celtics are cooked. So I do agree with you on that adjusted line for game six. But I think for game seven, we all know that they're ugly games. And when you look at the Celtics defense, they've proven that they can win some ugly games. So I think anything can happen. So, I mean, at plus 310, I think, unfortunately, this thing is priced properly. But if this were to go up, I mean, you had some Warriors Warriors money coming to the market. I do. I would like the Celtics at probably plus three thirty or better. I think you have a small one or two percent edge, but at the current number, I don't really like it. But I'm really big on taking that. If I think a team's going to go to Game Seven, I like to sprinkle something on them to win the series because anything could happen in the Game Seven. They're just ugly, ugly games where I know the home team wins seventy five percent of the time, but they feel like coin flips at times just because of the low scoring nature of it. Celtics adjust this spread, fellas, in case you're wondering. We want to take them at minus nine and a half, plus 182. I'd like that to be better than two to one odds if I have to lay all those points. Interesting. It could be a little more fair than that. Well, if you wanted to take the Warriors adjusted line. Seven and a half. Uh, 150. I think think that, 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 that that's... I would be more inclined to take that than... Like the nine and a half. You said nine and a half. <laughs> not, I nine said and nine half. and a half said plus 182. Seven and a half said plus 150. I mean, to be honest a, with you, I don't see much value. I don't see, with I, that number, right. I don't see yeah, much not, value. I don't love it. I don't love it. Yeah. I'm not going to try and talk. And I wonder if it. they've lowered the number of these alternate spreads because of mm-hmm. the fact that these games have been so lopsided. I mean, it has to factor in. Of course. Yeah, the price is moving. The same way that all the Andrew Wiggins props, the price is moving. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 
Can you, can you imagine that we might be talking about Andrew Wiggins being the second best player on a title team in this series? Because he has been the second best player. On I mean, the he's State been Warriors. he's been an, an incredible. I mean, when you what, look at the way that he's been defending Jason Tatum, he's holding Jason Tatum to thirty-seven and a half points uh, from the field. I mean, he's second in blocks. He leads both teams in shots contested. He leads both teams in rebounds. He's averaging more points than Klay Thompson. 18 and a half points, 9.4 rebounds, 1.6 assists, 1.2 steals per game, 1.2 blocks per game. This is a guy who, look, I mean, on Twitter, we kind of give guys nicknames. Shouts to my guys from the Cali, the message forum. We were calling this guy Weed Plate Wiggins. <laughs> so and, and to see him where he is now, it's, it's incredibly inspiring. I'm really happy for him. Well, we look, uh, I mean, I would say that I'm not the kind of guy to pat myself on the back. Oh, no, for, not at all. You would never do such a thing. You <laughs> never do am. something like that. When Before this series started, we were running through the, the candidates for possible MVP, and we were talking about some value out there. We were comparing different guys and wondering about the prices. And, J.J., you made a very nice case for the possibility, the concept of Marcus Smart as a potential MVP. And right there at the exact same price, I think it was like 85 to 1, was Andrew Wiggins. And, you know, before the season, the, the series started, it was really just this idea of he'll have the opportunity. And because we didn't have full faith and confidence in what version of play we would get over the, the balance of the series, it felt like that 85 to 1. Now, look. It would have been kissing your money goodbye because Andrew Wiggins is not winning the MVP of, of, of the finals, I don't think. I mean, he uh, would have to go for like 40 in the next two games and Steph would have to give you two more clunkers. Like well, Steph would uh, have to get night. hurt. I mean, it would have to be yeah, Steph getting that. hurt basically, yeah, right? Or that. Because yeah. he, he's got it locked up right now. I'm, I'm knocking on wood. I don't want anybody to get hurt. I want everybody healthy for both game six and game seven. But it's just re- remarkable uh, and, and all, all credit to Andrew that that opportunity, it, it translated exactly with the way we kind of forecasted, which was like, he's getting the minutes. He's between 36 and 40 minutes every single game. He has the lanes. He's cra- He's going right to the rim. He, he, he's, his confidence has been building throughout. And he's been the difference for, for, for Golden State, right? Absolutely absurd to think about. All right, boys, now it's time for our SGP. Raheem, we're going right back to oh, well. Be- 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 oh, before ahead. we go to the S- SGP, I do think, there's a way to play the Celtics um, and not have to deal with those clutch time minutes. I think I like the Celtics in the first quarter, first half. I think if that's if, if I'm going to play the Celtics, I think that's the way I'm going to play. I don't know if I'm going to necessarily play them, but I think they so come what's out the, to a fast What's the thought process there? Meaning you like them to come out strong. You don't like the idea of them potentially being in a game where it's close down the stretch. You want to take that out of the equation? Is that the thought? Yeah. Okay. That, that's exactly that's my thought process. If I'm going to play a side in this in this game, I, I to me my strongest side is the under. So that's what I'm going to be on. But I think there's some value on playing the Celtics in the first quarter in the first half. I mean, we've named the clutch clutch time statistics, and I, I just I don't want to have to worry about that in this game. So I, I'd be looking there as far as the side. Okay, House, we're going to throw the mm-hmm. under in the SGP. Um, I think we're throwing the Celtics in the SGP. I mean, it seems mm-hmm. like we, we all think there's going to be a game seven. Uh, we don't need to get cute as far as the alternate spread for the SGP. It's going to be nutty as it is. So we got the yeah. Celtics in there. We got the under in there. Uh, let me throw a player prop at you guys. Marcus Smart, you hit on it, House. Bounce back at home in game six. I'm seeing his player prop at 
15 and a half. I think this is a market smart game. Can I get you guys to bite on over 15 and a half points? What's the price? Minus 118. Okay, so. I, I like this one. And uh, the reason why I like it is that if you look at Marcus Smart after a loss, he's like, it's Marcus Smart after a loss, it's almost as, it almost hits just as much as the Celtics after a loss. And I think he's the catalyst for how the team performs after a loss. Like, he's naturally aggressive. So, like, I really like this. I like this prop. I, I, I totally agree with that. And I honestly think that it's his aggression, his temperament that really does chart the course for the Celtics. Like, they look to Tatum, and Tatum has such a high usage rate, but Smart is really the force of will, and he's, he's the proper vet uh, on that team. And so if he shows up disengaged the way that he did in, in Game 5, it seems to have an effect on... The, now, he, it wasn't, he wasn't disengaged in the sense that he wasn't trying hard, he just wasn't making effective basketball plays. His hoops IQ in, in game five is what I'm really taking issue with. But all of that is a long-winded say roundabout way of saying, yes, I support this Marcus Smart inclusion in the SGP. All right. Now I got one more I want to throw at you guys because it takes us back to a prior theme. Raheem, you should be very, very familiar with what I'm about to oh, say. I, I know what's coming. I already know what's coming. Uh, and I love it. Jason Tatum over six assists. I, I mean, I love it. I, I like there's a correlation between his assist numbers and when the Celtics win. And I was going to say, like if he don't hit this number, we're probably not winning his bet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's going to be we'll we'll be one for four of the legs on this prop if if he doesn't hit that number. It, the Celtics which is will better lose. Than, it's better than going three or four. I'd rather <laughs> yeah. go one or four than three or four. What good does that do me if we don't end up winning this SGP? That's what we want to do. Did we did we lose the family SGP on uh, Monday night's game? We, we had the under, and we had... Uh, I think because we threw the Celtics in there, didn't we? No, we didn't. No, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't have we the Celtics in there because we left the side out. No, Curry screwed us. Oh, Curry that's right. Curry completely screwed us. It, it was Steph. Yeah. We, we went we, over threes. The guy didn't hit one the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. I love Steph so much. He can do no wrong. I mean, you know, everybody understood what was... Look, the, the, that was the game that Vegas made all of its money back on. Yes, because it every was number, city. Every Props number was crazy. Uh-huh. And not only that, third quarter... Right. As soon as as Golden State was up by double digits at halftime, I was like, oh, my God, there goes all that third quarter money. Everybody and their brother has bet the, the Warriors to win the third quarter. So you needed to jump in there and live bet. But I'm as, as I did. But, you know, the limits of, of live betting, you can't possibly recover all of your exposure. So I took a small L on that. But Vegas cleaned up on all of the stuff, the scripts of the, the series so far, I think, on Monday night. Congrats to Vegas. Yeah, good for Vegas. Uh, yeah. Not that they need it. You know, <laughs> not that they, they have to worry about funding any more casinos or sports books, thanks to the contributions from you and I House. I'm not going to put fact. Raheem in that, but uh, the contributions <laughs> from you and I have definitely funded the win or the Cosmopolitan or a few of those fine establishments out there. Just a little food for thought. <laughs> so, guys, if we go with this SGP, smart over 15 and a half, Celtics to win, under 210, Tatum six plus assists. Plus eight twenty one, yes, yeah, I, I like that. I'm not mad at that at all. That's an East Coast bias play right there. That kind of number. We have a, a conviction, you know. We have a perspective. We have a script, and Bing Bang Boom. Let's go four for four. It'll clean up all of the messes from across the way. I like this a lot, which means one of two things: it's either going to cash or it's going to go up in flames. 
the other thing I have to run by you guys is I will be watching this game muting you guys for, I'm going to tell you why. I am taking the lovely lady. You know, there are a lot of loves in my life. The Yankees, yeah. uh, the Ringer, <laughs> um, you know, the Miami Dolphins, Syracuse. The, the Miami Dolphins? Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Come on, Raheem. You see the, the, the goat behind me, Dan Marino? I mean, you got Tyreek Hill, but who knows if, I mean, Tua's going to be able to get the ball to him. I hey, mean, listen. Tyreek Hill's claiming that he's more wall, accurate. I could, get, I could get the ball to Tyreek Hill with his speed. Okay. okay? I could get the ball to Tyreek Hill <laughs> with his speed. Anyway, I digress. I'm going to Paul McCartney tomorrow night. So Whoa. I'm Whoa. excited. You didn't know it was going to be game six of the NBA Finals. So here's what I'm going to do. You guys are not going to hear from me. The phone is going on mute. I'm silencing notifications. There's no Twitter. There's no nothing. I will come back probably around 1231 in the morning. I might have a pop or two in me. And I will be watching the NBA Finals till about three in the morning on Friday. And then maybe you'll get a text from me. So just a little FYI. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to say that you were going to come out and then put the phone on and just catch the results. You'll be on the high from, you know, live or let die. Hey, Jude. And then, uh, you know, you'll, you'll have, you, you, you'll like, oh, tonight was a good night. It just, just no, 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 I can't. I can't do you that. You can't do it. You have to live through it. If and it you're was, doing it old school. I'm not mad at that. Like, yeah. if it was like round one of the playoffs house, sure. Okay. You know, okay. Okay. I could get away with that. I NBA Finals, I, I, I want to be present with you guys when, <laughs> when we, well, hopefully, hopefully I'm present with you guys because if there's no game seven, it means uh, the next time I'll see you is we'll be breaking down NBA draft props. Next week, which yes, is wonderful. Next week. God bless the NBA. <laughs> Win or lose. Raheem, yeah. fabulous job. Let's cash another under. House and I are sticking around. We got a massacre at the U.S. Open. All right, no doubt, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right, now we get ready for the U.S. Open. And house, all of our live golfer buddies will be there. <laughs> Have you adopted John Rahm as like your new favorite on the tour? Did you hear John Rahm uh, just basically say, hey, like the, the history of the PGA Tour, Bay Hill, the memorial, like he was he was basically doing the work of the PGA Tour in a much better way than the PGA Tour has actually tried to do so over the last <laughs> few weeks. Have you seen and heard from Rahm? You got to see course, that clip. Of course. I'm, 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 I've been deeply engaged in it, JJ. We've been putting out fairway rolling I shows I should know this all, all considering you host the golf pod. Of course you've heard. <laughs> it's I mean, fine. Yeah. But look, uh, he, he was extraordinarily eloquent. He continues to prove to everybody that he deserves the stage. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing for the tour to have two spokesmen, John Rahm and Rory McIlroy, who have a deep, deep and abiding belief in the legacy of the game, who believe in the traditions of the game, who believe in, um, you know, the, the honor of competing these championships and comparing yourself to the all-time greats. The thing that Rom said 
that really stuck with me and I'm going to continue to use, a 54-hole no-cut event is not golf. That's an exhibition. Now, he didn't use the word exhibition, but we've been using that word a whole bunch in our podcast because that's that's all it is. Where, where guys go out in small C, smallest C possible, compete, you have guaranteed money at the end of, of, of your round, even if you finish DFL. If you finish in 48th place in every one of these uh, eight events on this live tour, you make a million dollars. It's $125,000 to come in last each week. That so, is absurd thinking about that, dude. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely I mean, absurd. Well, forget about live for a second. Yeah, let's forget the direct, about it. The direct correlation, though, in these guys now playing the U.S. Open, are we thinking house they are fired up to go show off a little bit? Or do you think the distraction and the hoopla is going to be a detriment to them as they play this tournament this week? So that's a one-by-one, case-by-case kind of analysis. I um, cannot emphasize strongly enough how much money I would like to borrow. I wish I knew somebody who sold a company for $200 million. <laughs> I would like to borrow some money and bet on Phil Mickelson to miss the cut. FanDuel uh, went ahead and put out the price today. It's minus 310. That is an implied probability of over 75%. So they give him a less than 25% chance to make the cut at this U.S. Open. I think he has less than a 5% chance to make the cut at this U.S. Open. He hasn't played any competitive golf. This this event, he shot, you know... uh, uh, damn near, you know, what a 10 handicapper w- would shoot. Uh, he had one good round and then two awful rounds. He He's just not there. The energy that it's been taking him to come up with his lame uh, excuses, these press conferences where, where genuine journalists try and ask him uh, reasonable questions and he's, you know, dodging and, and, and diving. I think Phil Mickelson to miss the cut at minus 310. That's one where I would borrow as much money as you can to lay that juice and, and watch him flame out. Okay, so you're in on Phil missing the cut. Minus 310, not high enough for you as far as you're concerned. Can't blame you there. Um, as far as winning this tournament house, Rory won the event last week. He's the favorite at 10-1. to 1. Justin Thomas, who was right there with him and won the PGA, is at 12-1. to 1. Rom, who is always atop these odds boards, 15-1. to 1. Sheffler, 15-1. to 1. My pick amongst the favorites, Cam Smith. Okay. 21 to 1. He's had a terrific year. I think he's due to break through in one of these majors. I trust him on the green, which is something that I think you need to have if you're going to go and win this thing. Out of the favorites house, 25 to under and below that number. Who do you like amongst the favorites? For me, it's it's John Rahm. Okay. And, you know, it's just a pure chalk play, but the combination of where he is, he's had a little bit of a mini breakthrough. The thing that's been holding him back, he he made the cut in both of the majors so far this year, but his best finish was tied for 27th at the Masters. He tied for 48th or something at the PGA Championship, top 50 finishes, but that's not the John Rahm standard. The thing that's been holding him back, his ball striking and his off-the-tee numbers are still in the stratosphere. They're exactly where you would expect uh, out of you know the former number one player in the world, number one, until Scotty Scheffler came along and won four tournaments in a row nearly. But Rahm is right there. The thing that was missing was his around the green numbers. And lately, some of that seems to have been figured out. And that's the chipping and the putting. This this, this golf course, it's a classic. It's an absolute beast. And it's going to require guys that are comfortable making par 
from off of the green. Your your guys are the greens that they're they're the second smallest greens um, that that they will have played on on tour this entire year. Uh, second smallest greens, I think of like a, even a, a recent U.S. Open. I think maybe only Pebble Beach is smaller. So you just have to be prepared to miss the green and then save par from uncomfortable places. And that's something that. The, the, the two factors for me in terms of trying to handicap this, mental fortitude. This golf course has a lot of blind shots. That's not a very common thing. So it, try, it will make you uncomfortable sort of by design. Who are the guys that can take that grind hole by hole? You're, you're, you're really, you know, it's, it's the kind of mindset where a 300 hitter in baseball is a wonderful success. Seven out of 10 times, it's a failure. But the three times... That you 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 know you've you've talked yourself into it. I'm good at this. I'm good at this. Uh, I can do it. That makes you an awesome hitter in baseball. I think the same thing is going to be true. That's the U.S. Open kind of mentality here. You have to have what I've been calling on the podcast this week, the fairway rolling, major brain. And I think John Rom has that. The, the around the green stuff was the only aspect holding him back. And there's some really great um, numbers out of him on that around the green stat lately. So Rom is is going to be my investment. All right, major brain. I got two long shots I want to run by you. Shane Lowry, who has played very, very well, and I think the Boston crowd will absolutely eat him up. I'm seeing him at 30-1. to The other guy I'm thinking about, because he has had a flair for Northeast tournament success. How do you feel about Brooksy at 55-1? to so you have to play Brooks at fifty-five to one. That's just—it's too good a number. That's what that's I was right. thinking. It's too Only good a number. Four men on earth have beaten him in the last five U.S. Opens. So he—he he just is. The problem with Brooks lately has been, who is he? What's his physical condition? Where's his head at? I don't love where his head is at. The press conference where he was, you know, sort of arguing with the media and 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 you know doing some sort of challenging stuff when they asked him about the live. His response to that was, why are you talking about that? That cast a dark cloud over this proceeding. I'm here to talk about the U.S. Open. He wouldn't make a, He didn't make a commitment one way or the other to the tour or to the uh, live thing. It's clearly sort of in, in his head. I don't know um, what his physical condition is. There's no explanation for his performance in the majors this year. You know, he previously had a wonderful track record at the Masters until he four-putted on Friday the 12th green and then promptly hit the eject button. He shot over 40 on that back nine, the second nine at Augusta. He was way over the cut line and then just, you know, on that second nine hit, hit eject and then and, and an equally um, unimpressive PGA championship performance. So I just don't know where his head's at, where, what's going on in his life. But at 55 to one with all that he's done in the majors over the last half decade or, or longer, you have to play that. That Shane Lowry, I absolutely adore. In fact, Shane Lowry features very prominently in a couple of the plays. We have a ringer page on the FanDuel Sportsbook, uh, sportsbook.com. Which, on, I'm and on the app. To, which I'm about to get to right now, by the way. Yeah. I have so, not seen any of these. Ringer specials. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Well, Shane, Shane Lowry, uh, one of our favorite um, bets on that board were three guys uh, to finish in, inside the top 20. Shane is one of them. Then we have him paired up with Rory McIlroy and Will uh, Zalatoris. If all three of those guys finish inside the top 20, it's nearly 5-1 to one odds that our good friends at, at FanDuel uh, have put together. But Lowry's made the cut in six of his last seven U.S. Opens. He's great at hard golf courses. 
He um, very well could have and should have um, won at the, the Honda at PGA National down in Florida. Always an impossible track. He had a, a mini rainstorm came in while he was standing on the 18th tee, and he lost by a stroke basically because of that. Um, he was in the lead at Oakmont, and I think Oakmont, just in terms of the size and scale of the challenge of, of Brookline, they're, they're comparable. So I, I very much, I'm, I'm all over. Lowry's had arguably the best sort of eight to 10 months of his entire career in terms of the consistency. He finished tied for third at the Masters. Like, he, he's on point. I love Shane Lowry this week. All right, I'm glad you brought up Willie Z, and this is my final one for you, House. He has been so close. He was right there at the PGA Championship. Can he putt well enough to win this tournament? Uh, maybe. Maybe I don't. Why not? I mean, he he. The reason that he um, didn't win the PGA Championship was not because of putting. He played well enough to to um, win the PGA Championship. His um, around the green uh, stuff, the chipping kind of stuff. Failed, yes, yeah. failed him a little bit. But I think that's a good lesson. And we're say, talking about it in in the sense of a failure. He played in a playoff against Justin Thomas to win the Epic Tournament. Five of the last seven majors that he's played in, he's finished inside the top 10. Since 2020, uh, the, we love to talk about the advanced metrics strokes gained. In, if you look at all of the majors that have been comp- competed since 2020, strokes gained total. So that's like, how have you performed against the field? He's first. If you take all the stats together and combine them and say, or, you know, off the tee, into the green, Greens of regulation, around the green. If you add all those up, the guy who has the best score is Willie Zalatoris. So, yeah, we, lo- we love Willie Z. I feel good about this card. Um, is there anything else you would want to plug from a betting standpoint? Because a lot of the guys you seem to be on, I seem to be on, which I think is a good sign. I, I like Tony Finau this week. I think Tony Finau has found something. His 62-64 at the Canadian Open was good. He won an event in the playoffs last year and then went on kind of a, a, a you know, fell off the earth a little bit. His last um, handful of, of events, he's been a very good. He has three top five, two seconds and a fourth in his last five events. And um, he himself is feeling confident. One of the things we know about the U.S. Open, um, just the, the, the way that this has gone, you need guys that can hit the ball two miles down the, the golf course. Tony Finau definitely um, fits that bill. I have a make the cut parlay. Just all these three guys have to do is make the cut. Um, FanDuel's boosting it from minus 125 up to plus 120. Tony Finau, Will Torres, Rory McIlroy. If all three make the cut, that's plus odds from FanDuel. I mean, I'm in on I, it. I love that thing, I'm right? I'm in. I'll ride yeah. with you. I'll yeah. ride with you. And yeah. you want to check out FanDuel Sportsbook, Ringer Specials. House has been in the lab for days. The fairway rolling crew has been figuring out what they like, what they don't. So I'm glad that you could share a couple of these gems with us here on Ringer Gambling. So uh, appreciate it, buddy. Good luck to all of the gamblers. What a sports weekend we have coming up, JJ. Well, hopefully we have a game seven of the NBA finals to discuss. Um, I know you'll be captivated by Yankees, Blue Jays as well. Don't forget about that. I will not. I've already forgotten about it. That's all right. I will be. Um, So Rom is the pick. Rom is my pick to win the golf tournament. Yes, the first back-to-back since, I think, Tiger in 2000. I'm, like, on the fence between Cam Smith and Shane Lowry. I got to decide. Those uh, are I both might, good values. How about this? I might just bet them both. You can do it. You can do it. That's the move. Good work by Stefan. Good work by House. Hopefully, we're back with a Game 7 pod. If not, 
NBA draft next week. The boys are out. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.